You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. We're back again. We're going to recap the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and of course go over the waiver wire report as we look ahead to week 13. Week 13, it's here. The last regular season game of the fantasy football season is do or die time. A lot of people's playoffs start this week. Trying to make it in on that last game of the week. That last game of the year for your playoff berths. For your chance to win a championship as part of the MD Nation community. And we are here for you guys. Remember, make sure you're contacting us. I'm available for anyone to help you with any of your fantasy football questions to help you get an edge on your opponents. Make sure you contact me on Twitter at MDSFFshow. Make sure you contact me on Facebook at MDFFshow. Make sure you're going to the website www.mdffshow.com. You can also get in contact with me and a lot of great people at the Department of Belly Up Fantasy at Belly Up Fantasy on Twitter. Always working tirelessly for you guys to get the information you need to give you that leg up in the competition because everyone wants an opportunity to be able to lord it over your friends' heads that you won the championship, that you are the smartest fantasy football player for an entire year. How great does that sound? No matter the cash reward, no matter the trophy, no matter the ring, whatever the case may be, it's being able to walk with your head held high, with your chest out. That's what it's all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes to come. Now we're going into the holidays, so I know a lot of people are going to be around. Remember, we're going to be back tomorrow night, and I will I will message you guys out, all of you guys at MD Nation, exactly when that will be on the Twitter feed. So make sure you're following me, make sure you have those notifications up, because you're going to want to know when that episode drops, the live episode on sportscaster.com, or if you go to sportscaster, you can find me at MDFFBellyUpUSN. And there you'll be able to watch the live episode. And if you can't, that's fine. On your drives, on your Thanksgiving to your families, go ahead and make sure you're downloading the audio version, which will be available to you like it always is Thursday morning. On 
any one of your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Pinecast, Spreaker, wherever you go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you. Now, before we get into today's episode, we actually have, for the first time in a long time, a latest news segment that we have to get into. So let's drop that now. Latest news. So, of course, when I'm recording this podcast, it happens Monday night. So we got some really groundbreaking news this Monday that we want to talk about here that we weren't really able to go over up until now and weren't able to go over yesterday. And that is leading off with Andy Dalton is now the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals again. I guess their little Ryan Finley experiment went to hell in a handbasket and they realized, hey, you know what? Ryan Finley's not the answer. Ryan Finley's not the reason that you haven't won a game at this point. Or I should say Andy Dalton's not the reason you hadn't won a game at this point. So, yeah, finally they go back to him. And I'm curious about this in a couple of things. That's why I wanted to talk about this. First of all, it definitely boosts the value of Tyler Boyd, who did actually have a nice game. But as I went over in the recap in yesterday's podcast, make sure you check that out because I recapped all of the games from the Sunday afternoon there. So if you didn't check that out, make sure you go back and listen. But one of the things I talked about was Tyler Boyd still not trustworthy moving forward with Ryan Finley as the guy because you can't trust what the production of that passing attack is going to be. But with Andy Dalton... You have a little better idea of what you can expect week in and week out. Who's going to be the guys that he goes to? Tyler Boyd suddenly can put himself back into low-end wide receiver three territory, more valuable in PPR leagues as six catches for 60 yards, a little bit more so here and there. The occasional touchdown is something you can sink your teeth into week in and week out, making him a pretty valuable low-end third wide receiver, a pretty valuable flex play to have on your team. That's something you can sink your teeth into. The second thing that I would be kind of curious is... What happens with A.J. Green? Does he come back now that Andy Dalton's maybe the quarterback? Look, if I'm A.J. Green, I'm still going on the principle of I'm not coming back to a team that has not won a game when I don't have a new contract in place at his age and position that he's in. And you want to say that he's definitely hurt? Fine. What I would have to say to that is I still question how hurt he really is. I still question, did he really have a setback or is he trying to do everything in his power to make sure he doesn't have to go in the field unnecessarily? But I do think Andy Dalton getting back in the lineup may, may persuade AJ Green to return at some point this season. So a guy who I was going to pretty much tell you guys to go ahead and drop because that was a comment I wanted to make as AJ Green still over 50% owned. And I noticed that as I was going through the waiver wire statistics earlier today, yeah, He's somebody that maybe now you don't necessarily just drop as we get into the playoffs. Because now, all of a sudden, he's going to have his guy. He's going to have somebody that he knows that he can produce with and put on a show. So I'm just curious. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm just curious if that maybe opens up the door a little bit more than it was before. And we'll have to see exactly how that plays out. But for now, Tyler Boyd has some value week in and week out that you can sink your teeth into. And this passing attack will have some value. It helps Joe Mixon. Because even though Joe Mixon was having a hard time with Andy Dalton, a better offense in general will help a running back have better scoring opportunities. Something he has not had, even though his volume has gone up. I don't think his volume goes away just because Andy Dalton comes in now. I think they kind of realized early on in the season that they just weren't using him enough and weren't using him properly. And I don't think that disappears with Andy Dalton taking back the reins. So I'm not that worried about it. I think Joe Mixon continues to be a low-end RB2 week in and week out. So that changes quite a few things that we're looking at as we move forward. And in certain matchups, Dalton's going to be a streaming-worthy quarterback. Also something that you need to be able to take into consideration as we move into the playoffs. Look, are we looking for reasons to consolidate our rosters, right? 
for those of us who are playoff bound. And that be, might be one of the things that you have to look about as we move forward. And we'll get into that as we get into the waiver wire report with some of the names that we have to talk about here as well. Outside of Andy Dalton, there's also other news that I wanted to just mention while we're doing the latest news segment. Tyreek Hill, I expect him to play. Andy Dalton came out and said he should be okay. Look, I had a pretty good feeling when they, they named it a strain after the Monday night game from two weeks ago. That it wasn't a pull, it was just a strain. I expect that he was going to be able to play this week all along. That looks like that will remain true. Uh, and sticking with the Chiefs, Sean McCoy's out of concussion protocol, so he's definitely going to be able to good to go. The only person we don't know about is Damian Williams. We don't know exactly where he is. We probably won't until the Wednesday reports come out. So we have all that to kind of take into consideration. The other thing I want to mention, just real quickly, I won't mention this a lot in the preview matchups as well, but Jeff Driscoll has a hamstring injury. If he can't go, or if he plays but doesn't have the ability to be mobile, which is his best attribute, I don't think you can play a Detroit Lion against the Chicago Bears this Thanksgiving. I don't think you can do it. It's already shaky at best to begin with because of Jeff Driscoll. If he can't move the ball by using his legs on top of it, it could get really ugly really fast in that game. And therefore, guys like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and even Bo Scarborough aren't going to have that much value because they're not going to have great opportunities to score. But we'll talk about that as we get into the matchups as we learn more about what's going on there. But yeah, we had latest news, first time in a while. Kind of nice to be able to do. So what we're going to do is going to hit the break. We're going to get right into the Sunday recap and get the show underway. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So to kick things off, we had what was one of the most anticipated games of the week on Sunday Night Football. And it wound up being... One of the biggest blowouts that we had for Week 12. I mean, did the Packers even show up? It looked like from the get-go. Now look, San Francisco's defense is for real. That is unequivocally, without a doubt, a true statement. Defense is for real. It is a bad matchup when you have to play against San Francisco 49er defense right now. No matter who you are. We'll see next week when they play the Ravens and Lamar Jackson and all his worthy. We'll, we'll get into that game right after this one. But that is what you're looking at right now. It's a tough matchup. But they had two weeks prepare for this game. And it's still Aaron Rodgers. Or at least it's still supposed to be. And yet, they looked like they were completely unprepared for that matchup. And that goes back, for me at least, it goes back to the fact that Matt LaFleur is not actually a good coach. He is a coach who has been given a ton of talent in his lap. And that's why the Packers have such a good record. But the reason why they're not actually a Super Bowl contending team, the reason why this offense is not performing anywhere near to expectations as a whole, is because Matt LaFleur is not a good head coach. Plain and simple. But he's not going to go anywhere. So what do you do now? Taking out of you know the fantasy implications of this matchup that we had. Aaron Rodgers only had 104 yards passing. He had one touchdown. That's it. That's all he did. Only tacked on 13 yards rushing. One of the biggest things Rodgers is going to have to do, especially for fantasy purposes, he's going to have to start using his legs more. He just is, just to move the chains, just to get the offense going. When he uses his legs too, it seems to spark a light in him. 
and not just him, but in the offense in general. And they have he has to be that dual threat right now. If they can't trust anybody outside Devontae Adams, and yes, I know Matt LaFleur came out earlier on Monday morning and said, you know what, we became a bit too dependent on Devontae Adams since he's been back. We gotta get back to spreading the ball around. The reason they've been dependent on Devontae Adams is because you clearly do not trust your other wide receivers enough. Clearly are lacking talent outside of Devontae Adams. So if that's going to be the case, in order to open those things up, Rogers is going to have to use his legs a bit more. Now, thankfully for them, Brian Balaga is coming away with an MRI, is coming away with an MCL sprain. So he's not going to miss a ton of time, which is big for that offensive line. Huge for that offensive line, especially in the running game. So that's the good news there, if there is any. The other good news is the fact that they play the Giants next week. So while some of you might be ready to just give up on Aaron Rodgers, like, you know what, come out of the bye, he's been bad for me again for fantasy, he's really been nothing more than a streaming option at this point based on his production so far this season, well, guess what, look at it this way, if you're counting Rodgers as a streaming quote-unquote type of quarterback, you stream him against the New York Giants. So he's going to have a matchup here where he can get back on track. But the rest of their schedule, the rest of the way, is very favorable. It would not surprise me if the Packers found a way to go 13-3 and on the season because of the way the rest of their schedule lines up. Now, they still have a tough game against Chicago coming up. They still have a tough game against the Minnesota Vikings coming up. So those games go either way, but they're also winnable games at the same time, especially for this Packers team. So... I'm looking for this offense to get back on track and use the Giants as a get-right game. That's why I think you can play Aaron Rodgers. So better days are ahead. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams is killing Aaron Jones' value. When Aaron Jones does not find the end zone, it can get bad. He's either going to have a huge game or he's going to do absolutely nothing because Jamal Williams is getting almost 50% of the touches. He had 11 carries. Aaron Jones had 13. And Jamal Williams is more production. He had 45 yards rushing compared to Aaron Jones' 38 And he was way more involved in the passing game. Jamal Williams had seven catches in this game for 35 yards on eight targets. Aaron Jones had one target, zero catches, zero yards. Look, if that's going to be the case, Aaron Jones, I expect him to be more involved moving forward. But it just goes to show you that if he doesn't have one of his huge three touchdown performance types games, he has a very low floor attached to him right now. You can't bench him. You got to play him, especially against the Giants next week. But it's just one of those things where if you were going to the playoffs with Aaron Jones, it's going to leave you with a sick feeling at the bottom of your stomach knowing that he could bottom out at any given moment. Jamal Williams has to be, especially in PPR leagues, has to be a flex play every single week in your lineups moving forward. Has to be. So keep that in mind as well. He's a must play. He has such a high floor, and he's just as likely to score a touchdown as Aaron Jones is right now. Outside of this, there's no one else you can trust. I still like Alan Lazard moving forward, and he did get to start for the game. Now, Geronimo Allison was targeted more. But in a better matchup, especially against the Giants team, especially against some of the schedule, the teams that they have coming up, I wouldn't be surprised if Alan Lazard started making a name for himself again. Started being utilized as that actual other starting wide receiver that he was going into this game. So better days are ahead there. He's still one of my sneaky pickups that you can go to on the waiver wire for. We'll talk about him in a little while. But better days are ahead for this offense in general. Outside of Devontae Adams, though, I don't know who you can trust as far as wide receivers go. So just kind of keep that in mind. You're looking to consolidate. It's, it's Jamal Williams. It's Aaron Jones. It's Devontae Adams. It's Aaron Rodgers. 
maybe Alan Lazard, but you still kind of have to see it before you can use it. So if he doesn't do anything against the Giants, then he's nothing to ride home about. He's nothing to put on your playoff rosters either. On the 49ers side of the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo had a good game against a good defense. And this is the key, right? Can Jimmy Garoppolo have good games down the stretch? Can he be streaming viable if they're not playing a team named the Arizona Cardinals? And so far, the answer to that had been no. But in this game, he only threw the ball 20 times, wasn't a lot of volume, but still went for 253 yards and two touchdowns. And the best part was that they didn't get to use Emmanuel Sanders too much, but they had George Kittle back, and he saw what a difference George Kittle makes in this offense. While Tevin Coleman didn't have a great stat line, he still got you a rushing touchdown. You want him to be more involved in the passing game, he's just not. And when Matt Breida comes back, I don't think it's suddenly going to amplify Tevin Coleman's touches in that department either. That's the one thing that you're kind of a little concerned about when it comes to Tevin Coleman. Because right now, he was a guy who was creeping up as a high in RB2. And the 49ers haven't been able to run the ball nearly as effectively. And he's kind of creeped down to be more of a low in RB2, more of a flex play. I expect that to get better, though. Because, look, maybe not next week against the Ravens, but in general, when George Kittle plays they have a much better chance of getting that run game going because George Kittle, for as great of a playmaker, for as great as a pass catcher as he is, he's a great blocker. And he really helps out that rushing attack. So better days, I think, are ahead for Tevin Coleman. I think he's going to be fine for your playoff matchups. I think he's somebody you can trust on a week-to-week basis. Raheem Mostert was the only guy who got the stat line, but he goes away when Matt Breida comes back, and we do expect Matt Breida to come back this week. So keep that in mind as well. Debo Samuel had the big touchdown, yes, but he only had two targets this game. Now, in a Debo Samuel defense, if you will, outside of George Kittle, no one had more than two or three targets in this game as far as the pass catchers go for 49ers. They only threw the ball 20 times. They only had to. They were up so big so early, they didn't have to do anything else. But I think it does go to show you that if Emmanuel Sanders is in there and George Kittle is back, you can't trust the target share of Debo Samuel. And while he was the one who had the better day, because Emmanuel Sanders only had one catch for 15 yards, only one target, Emmanuel Sanders is getting healthier each and every week. So I do think that down the road here, Debo Samuel is not going to be somebody you can trust in your lineups. And I'm not going to play him next week against the Ravens. So I don't know if he necessarily needs to be on your rosters as you make your playoff push. I don't. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be healthy in no time and be more than just a decoy out there pretty soon. And with George Kittle back, there's just not enough targets to go around. There's only enough room for two pass catchers in this offense right now because they're still a run-first team. So something to keep in mind there as well. That wraps up our recap for the Sunday night game. We're going to take another quick break, come back on the other side. we got the Monday night game for you here. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. And now it's time for the Monday Night Game. Another game that was heavily looked after this week and wound up being a huge disappointment because it wound up being a huge blowout. The third week in a row, the Ravens have blown out their opponent. And a good one at that. Right now, this team is the best team in the NFL. And we have one hell of a matchup between them and the San Francisco 49ers a week from now. 
And if they beat the 49ers, I think everyone, regardless of record, will have to recognize the Ravens that are the best team in the NFL. Because why? You cannot stop Lamar Jackson. He is magic. He's something so special out there. He's the number one player in fantasy football for a great reason. And maybe the number one fantasy football player for years to come in the same mold of a Michael Vick. This may be the first quarterback heading into next season, barring an injury, that all the experts involved may tell you to draft in the first round. Because with his rushing and passing ability on a level that Michael Vick never had, Lamar Jackson is going to be a guy who's going to win you leagues week in and week out. And therefore might truly wind up being a first round pick, which has not happened at the quarterback position since Michael Vick. At least in the eyes of leading industry experts. And that's what we're looking at right now. That's what we're witnessing right now. It's absolutely special to see. 15 of 20, 169 yards, 5 passing touchdowns. Not to mention, he ran for 95 yards in this game. Oh, and to boot, Mark Ingram had a great game. 15 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. He reestablishes himself as a high-end RB2, which we all know him to be. Yes, there's going to be some games where because of Lamar Jackson, his ceiling gets cut. But there's a lot of games where he can bust out on 15 carries like he did in this one and dominate because the holes are so wide open. And next week against the San Francisco 49ers, we've seen them be susceptible to good running games. We saw what Kenyon Drake did to them, but more importantly, we saw what Christian McCaffrey did to them. And I think that's more comparable to what we see out of the Ravens because of how good their running game in general is. Absolutely something special. Look, you're playing all of your guys. The biggest thing in this one, Marquise Brown. Five catches, 42 yards, but had two touchdowns in this one. And I was telling you to stay away from Marquise Brown. A lot of people were. And that was the big reason why was because we all thought for sure Jalen Ramsey would shadow. That's what he's done since he came to the Rams. But if you actually watch that game, he did not shadow Marquise Brown, especially early on. They played a lot of zone. I don't know what the thinking was behind that on Wade Phillips' side. We know his defense does not do as well when they play zone. I don't know if it's because of Lamar Jackson. He felt like he couldn't play man-to-man, thought it would limit him in some kind of way. Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson does anyway. Do what you do best. I mean, the Rams completely were just outcoached in this game from the get-go. But why change what you do best? Especially since it totally didn't work, and after the first half, you should have recognized that, and they didn't do any adjustments in the second half. So Marquise, if you told me Jalen Ramsey wasn't going to shadow Marquise Brown, I would have had a totally different tune going into this game. The important thing about Marquise Brown moving forward is that it's clear that he's healthy. It's clear that that ankle injury has gotten better over the past few weeks. We were a little bit concerned after last week. He just didn't look like himself. And it looks like he was healthy for this Monday night game. He is somebody who's going to continue to be a wide receiver three boomer bust type of play. And now that we know that he's more healthy, you can play him with a little more confidence. The only disappointment here was Mark Andrews. Two catches, 45 yards on three targets, but still good enough. Still going to be a tight end one for the rest of the season. So you're still not going to worry about anything there. He's still the number one pass catcher of this team. Still the main red zone threat. So there's no reason to sour on him at all. We're going to talk about Gus Edwards in the waiver wire report, but he had 14 carries for 55 yards when he came into the game when it was a blowout. And for the third week in a row, he had a value to him because they keep blowing these teams out. Now, it's a lot to to work on, but it does tell you that Gus Edwards is the bona fide handcuff to Mark Ingram. If anything were to happen to Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards would be an automatic RB2. And we'll talk about him in the waiver wire report. On the Rams side of the ball, I'm going to crumple this game up and I'm going to throw it away. 
There's only a couple of things to kind of take out of this, what they did on that side of the ball. First of all, Jared Goff was terrible, but predictably so. The Ravens' defense has been very good since getting Marcus Peters. He had no touchdowns in this one. He had two picks, one of them being to Marcus Peters. Only 212 yards. Just wasn't good. Just wasn't very good. But like I said, to be expected. I didn't care that he was getting all of his weapons back. I told you guys, Baltimore Ravens have been so good. The only player to me that had any chance to do anything for the Rams from a fantasy perspective was Todd Gurley. And because they got blown out so early in this game, they couldn't run the ball. He only had six carries for 22 yards. He only had three catches for negative 30 yards. Nine touches altogether. I know there's been somewhat of an issue, Todd Gurley getting his touches consistently. But this isn't, the way this game went, this is not one of those games where I count it in the negative column Todd Gurley. As ironic as that sounds. Because it just went so out of whack so early that everything that they might have had in the game plan got taken out of it. So I don't believe the game plan was for Todd Gurley to only get nine touches. If you want to look at the silver lining to prove my point, Malcolm Brown had one carry, and that's it. So no one else touched the ball. Todd Gurley was on the field pretty much the entire the entire offensive time. So that silver lining that I gave you guys a couple weeks ago with Todd Gurley moving forward is still there. And this is one of those games you just chalk up, you throw up, and you tear, you tear it up, and you throw it out. I know Cooper Cup was disappointing again. But he still had the most targets on the team. I know Brandon Cooks was disappointing in his return, but we knew it wasn't a good matchup. The only guy that I'm going to take anything out of this game moving forward is that Robert Woods came back, was active, had six catches for 97 yards he with nine targets. He had a Robert Woods type of game, even when everything else on this offense went to hell in a handbasket. So that's what I'm going to take out of this game. Nothing else. Everything else crumpled up, throw it away. They play Arizona next week. It'll be a great opportunity for all these guys to become fantasy relevant again and become guys that you want to have in your lineup. And moving forward, their schedule isn't this tough the rest of the way. They do play the 49ers one more time, but we'll see what happens in that game. They tend to play division opponents a little bit tougher, a little bit better. So that's what I'm going to take out of this game. Robert Woods still had a Robert Woods game, even though everything else broke down around him. So he's still somebody that you can lock onto as a low-end wide receiver three. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about in this Monday night game. Because like I said, there's just not a lot to take out of this game. The Ravens confirm what we already know about the players that we need. And the Rams, there's not a lot to take out of that because we know they're going to be better days ahead. The only thing I would say is that Jared Goff, unless it's, unless it's this week against Arizona, he's not a streaming quarterback for the rest of the season. Plain and simple. That would be the only other point. So that's going to wrap up the Monday Night Recap. We're going to take a quick break. Come back on the other side with the Waiver Wire Report. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Now it's time for the best part of the show, the waiver wire report. We can officially put week 12 to bed, move on, and go to week 13. And remember, like I've said this entire time, if you happen to not be in a position to make the playoffs, it's still incredibly important for you to keep playing hard. It does a couple of things. One, it's nice to be able to play the spoiler role if you have that opportunity. Ruin someone else's day. Ruin somebody else's their chance to make it to the playoffs. Bring them down to your level. But it's also good to go into the offseason having a win under your belt in the last game. It makes you feel better 
about your chances of returning next season. It makes you feel better about the fact that there is a next season and there's always another year to come back and learn from the mistakes that you made. And we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. This show makes mistakes. We all do. It's fantasy football. If it was totally 100% predictable, why would it be fun? It wouldn't. And we get better and better each and every year. That's what the show is going to do. And as you keep listening to MD Nation, the goal is not just for you to win your championships. That I mean, that is the goal. But the other goal is for you to be a smarter fantasy football player, to learn how to take in all of the variables. And one of those variables is this waiver wire report, because right now it's going to be a thin list. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be a lot of big time names on here. They're going to be game changing for you. But this is about consolidating. This is about making sure your playoff rosters are ready to go. Because you don't need all these extra pieces when you, you know there's no more buys. So outside of injury, you have the team, you have your core, you have the guys that you're going to ride and die with at this point. Those extra guys on your bench, don't they're not serviceable to you if you already have a good team that made the playoffs that you're already going to stick with. What you need to do is consolidate and make sure you have guys that you can utilize over the next three weeks, whether that's looking at matchups, streaming options, some other situations that you might be in, handcuffing. These are all things to take in consideration. And when we get into the matchups, when we get into the preview show uh, on Wednesday night live on Sportscaster and, of course, again on Friday afternoon, what we'll focus on then is we'll talk about the streaming defenses. We'll talk about some streaming quarterbacks that have matchups throughout the playoffs. We'll get into that. We'll get into the guys that maybe you should just pick up. This is the time of year where I'll pick up two defenses if they have good matchups I know I'm going to be able to utilize. You want to minimize the amount of roster churning as possible when you get into this situation. It's not like the rest of the regular season when you constantly try to improve any part of your roster, even if it's just the bench. That's not the case anymore. It's all about servicing your starting lineup. So kicking off the waiver wire report, we have Ryan Griffin, 44% owned. Now, it's a big jump from where he was last week. So people clearly were listening to me and other people out there and recognizing that, hey, at the tight end position where it is putrid, this is a guy who has a role. And this past week, he only had three catches for 18 yards, but he had the touchdown. And that's the point. They have plus matchups the rest of the way. This is a guy who has a red zone role. Sam Darnold is looking for him in those situations, and that is what you're looking for at the tight end. It's got to say floor. Ryan Griffin is somebody who needs to be picked up if you need tight end help for your teams. 44% owned on average. Bo Scarball. Now, He's still on this list. I was a little bit surprised, and then when I thought about it, I wasn't. This is a guy that was less than 1% owned on average last week. And this week, he's 43% owned on average. So he's almost at that 50% threshold. But for those of you who were waiting to see on Bo Scarborough, because you weren't sure, you know, Detroit has been so chaotic when it comes to the running back situation since Carrion Johnson left. You weren't sure, is he really going to be the lead back for the second week in a row? He was. He was, and I talked about him a little bit in yesterday's podcast when I talked about the fact that, yes, he fumbled, and what did the Lions do? They did not put him in the doghouse. They did not hand the ball off to J.D. McKissick or Ty Johnson. It is clear that because of what he's able to produce between the tackles, he is going to be their lead rusher. He has shown them more and given them more confidence than either one of those two guys have as far as the running game goes. So while I don't love it against Chicago, especially if Driscoll isn't mobile this particular week, and he may or may not be, we don't know how bad that hamstring injury is. They didn't actually practice today, but he was still listed as a limited participant in the estimation report, which makes you think that maybe he's more okay than not. 
Remember, it's a short week still. So hopefully he's going to be all right. I would probably stay away from this week. But Bo Scarborough is somebody who's going to be a flex play for the rest of the playoffs because he's clearly going to be their lead rusher. 43% owned. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. Next thing I want to talk about is Noah Fant. In the same vein as Ryan Griffin. You're looking for the streaming tight ends. Look, we just had Eric Ebron, who had been a streaming tight end, go on the IR. We did just get George Kittle back, but we still have a lot of teams that need tight end help who are going to be in the playoffs. Noah Fant is getting targets. He didn't have a great game against Buffalo. Nobody on the offense of, Baltimore, uh, of Denver excuse me, had a great game against Buffalo. But he still was the second most targeted player in that passing game. He's still the guy they're going to go to. And from all counts, even if Drew Locke winds up being activated this week, which is a possibility, Brandon Allen is still expected to be the starter. And as long as that is the case, you can count on Noah Fant getting his targets, being the second most targeted pass catcher on this team. As a tight end, with a guy like Noah Fant's playmaking ability, while it hasn't always come to fruition this season, he is in a situation, especially in better matchups along the way, because they're not going to be playing the Buffalo Bills every single week. He's going to be a guy who has the ability to be an upside tight end play and somebody who should be picked up in those situations as well. Sam Darnold. Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but look, Sam Darnold's schedule and the way that he has played over the past couple of weeks has put him in the category of a Top-end streaming quarterback. It is. Oh, I don't feel good about saying it. Oh, ooh, ooh. it's it's making me want to hurl. It really is. It's it's painting me inside that Sam Darnold actually has to make my list. But he does. Look, there's no Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan is all banged up. We don't know how long the Atlanta Falcons are going to try to keep staying competitive. We have multiple quarterbacks everywhere who are disappointing. Aaron Rodgers has been a disappointment. You're looking for streaming quarterbacks. Even if you're a playoff team, there's a good chance you're looking for streaming quarterbacks. Sam Darnold is a viable streaming quarterback with his schedule. Somebody you can play and hope for a floor out of. He's been throwing touchdowns every single game. And over the past couple of weeks, like I said, he's gone from only throwing one touchdown to throwing for a couple. Playing much better. Remember, last year, Josh Allen, who played horrendously. Now, Sam Darnold doesn't have the rushing ability of Josh Allen, but who... He played horrendously in the beginning hard part of the season, was a championship winner for teams that actually picked him up and played him at the end of the second half or t- towards the playoff stretch. There's a chance Sam Donald could wind up being in a similar vein. So he makes the list. He's somebody to keep an eye on. Next I want to talk about is Darius Slayton. Now, Darius Slayton is contingent on Evan Ingram not playing, and I talked about this in the recap show yesterday, where it's clear that there was enough targets to go around. Shepard had nine, Golden Tate had seven, Darius Slayton had seven. And he's made his mark enough on this team that he's not just going to go away. Now, when Evan Ingram comes back, and that could be within the next week or two, then you can't trust it. Then it's, it's too many guys in the kitchen. You don't know who's going to get what targets. And odds are Darius Slayton would be the odd man out in that, in that scenario. But as long as Evan Ingram's not playing, Darius Slayton's somebody I would go pick up. And look... He may not be a guy that you go out and use a priority on or whatever is left of your fab budget at this point, but he is a guy that you can probably get after the waiver wire clears, and he has a role. You can play him against the Packers if Evan Ingram does not play for the upside capabilities. You're not going to play him for a floor. You're going to play him if you need to hit a home run. That's what he's there for. But he's somebody to take note of and clearly has a role now as long as Evan Ingram is out. 
Next I want to talk about, next few guys I want to talk about are on the same mold. They're handcuffs. Alexander Madison. I left him off my waiver wire report for a little while now because I got sick of talking to him. It's key this week that he's back on there. Because once again, we're talking about teams that are playoff bound who need to consolidate their rosters in service of their starting lineups. If you have Dalvin Cook, you better pick up Alexander Madison because anything that happened to Cook and you were to still win that week, you better make sure you have Madison going into the following week because the odds are pretty good that you're going to have a tough time getting him. Pick up Alexander Madison before you start your playoff run. Pick him up. He's only 23% owned on average. Same thing goes for Tony Pollard. Same thing goes for Gus Edwards. Pollard, 13% on average. Gus Edwards, 11% owned on average. These are moves you need to make. And not necessarily just if you are the starting owner of that team. Again, we're consolidating. It might be in your interest if you have a roster spot to choose, a guy that you know is not going to play for you for the next four weeks, for the last month of the fantasy football season. It might be in your best interest to use that roster spot on guys that could wind up destroying your opponents and amplifying your team as you make your championship run. So these are guys to consider there. This guy I want to throw in here. Oh, and, and Daryl Williams goes in that same mold too, real quick. Because with him, look, McCoy, it's clear they don't want to use him in a particular way. Damian Williams, we don't know exactly what his health status is when he will be back. And being that it's a rib injury, he has a high risk of re-injury as a running back. So all those things to take in consideration as well. Now, Chris Thompson, I want to add in here for PPR purposes. It's clear to me watching that game with the Redskins against the Detroit Lions that they do have a role for a passing down back. Even though you're dealing with AP, you're dealing with Darius Geis, and your thought is, oh, well, they throw Chris Thompson in the mix. It's just three guys that you can't count on. Wrong. Those guys are not going to touch Chris Thompson's role if he does wind up coming back. And he did practice in limited capacity last week. We'll see what he's able to do this week. We'll see if he's able to come back this week. But it's clear to me that he has a role. They clearly do not trust Darius Geis in the pass-blocking area yet, which is why it can't be him consistently. We all know Adrian Peterson's not a pass-catcher. So Chris Thompson coming in, he will have a pass-catching role in that offense. He will be a usable guy for flex starts in PPR leagues, somebody who I would pick up because Dwayne Haskins needs an easy check down when Terry McLaurin's covered. And that would be the easiest check down in the world for him to have when he has Chris Thompson back. So I do think there's a role there. I think there's some value there. And at only 12% owned, this is somebody that you can go ahead, you could pick him up after you find out, you know, what his participation level is on the practice field. And make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFShow to get those updates throughout the week. But that's what you can count on. Russell Gage is another guy I want to throw in here. Only 7% owned, had a big target share last week. Julio Jones now has gotten nicked up a few weeks in a row. And Russell Gage, as the third pass catcher on that team, we don't expect Austin Hooper back anytime soon yet. He is somebody who's going to have a role in a pass-heavy offense and a defense that came back down to earth, a defense that's going to force his team to have to come back from behind, especially this week against the New Orleans Saints. And the best matchup is going to be that slot wide receiver. Russell Gage is somebody who can be owned and played as a flex guy, as a high-end wide receiver for a guy with volume moving forward. So he's somebody who also should be owned. And he's only 7% owned in average, which means that he's widely available to you guys right now. But that wraps up the waiver wire report. That wraps up the episode. 
I hope you guys all enjoyed it. We will be back once again on Sportscaster live tomorrow night. I will make sure I message you guys when that will go live so you can make sure you tune in on Sportscaster at MDFF Belly Up USN on there. The audio podcast for the preview shows that will cover the Thursday night, or not the Thursday night, but the Thursday games all the way through the Thanksgiving games will be available to you Thursday morning, and we will be back on Friday with our normal preview shows. Make sure you're going to the website, www.mdffshow.com. You can email me any of your fantasy questions. You can check out the rankings, which should be up. I'm hoping to get those up a little bit earlier, given the holiday on Thanksgiving, so I'm hoping to have those up tomorrow night or early Thanksgiving morning. We'll see how that goes. And then on Facebook, make sure you contact me there, at mdffshow, and of course on Twitter, at mdsffshow. Make sure you're checking out any one of my networks, Belly Up Sports especially. We will be back, as always, as we are, 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, answering any of your Star Set questions. But we will be available to you anytime. Anytime you ask the account a question, we will get back to you. Check out Unwrap Sports, who's also a partner with me on Sportscasters. They're putting out great content there, too. And give them a follow. Give them a listen. A lot of great guys over there as well. That's going to be all for me. I hope you guys have a lovely day, and I'll see you all tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.